0: On behalf of Lineberg Information Services, this is Bob Keebler with Steve Oceans and Bill Limkin, regarding a new private letter ruling that was issued earlier today. Uh, first, gentlemen, congratulations on obtaining a second ruling allowing for a trust incomplete for transfer tax purposes and yet a non-grantor trust for income tax purposes. This, of course, is an extremely powerful strategy for a taxpayer seeking to create a NING with the desire of avoiding state income tax on the sale of property, and future investment returns. Bill, can you start us off with explaining the Ning Trust so listeners will understand why
1: this is so important and how we can use it? Sure, Bob. Um, as you said, the, the Ning Trust is used to eliminate state income taxes other than on source income, especially when you're selling a business uh, or you have a very substantial folio. The Ning is basically an irrevocable Nevada trust. It's not a grantor trust because, if it were, all the income would be taxed to the grantor in his high state tax state. It's not a completed gift because the grantor is probably putting in lots of money, lots lots of property, and doesn't want to pay gift taxes. The grantor is a beneficiary. All of the distributions during the grantor's lifetime are made by the appointment of a committee of certain of the beneficiaries. The trustee does not make distributions. He merely acts, or it merely acts at the instruction of the committee. But the grantor, besides being a beneficiary, retains controls so that he can distribute principal to the beneficiaries during his lifetime pursuant to an ascertainable standard. He has, a, he has a very broad special power of appointment on death to leave the property to whomsoever he wishes. In short, it's a, a trust wherein he's a beneficiary. In a nutshell, that's a NING.
0: So, Bill, last year you obtained a series of private letter rulings that came out in early March, approving the NING Trust. Again, you've been very successful in obtaining another PLR on the same subject. Um, what precisely is in this new PLR?
1: Well, the new PLR is very similar to the old PLR, which was 2013, 1002. Um, but in this case, the um, settlor of the trust had five minor children whom she wanted to be both beneficiaries and on the committee, and it's hard to make a minor into Uh, a a legal person in the trust. So what we did is that we appointed someone we called a a guardian for each of the children, not a state-appointed guardianship that we're all familiar with, but we just called it a guardian. So each of the five children had someone separate acting as a representative or a guardian for that person, the, the, the guardian was not a beneficiary of the trust. Guardians guardians had no fiduciary duties except to represent the beneficiary, and, even, and the IRS was perfectly happy with uh, those five minors serving on the distribution committee even uh, through their guardians. That, that's, that's the major difference between uh, this new PLR and the uh, one from last year.
0: Steve, you seem to be part of almost anything trust-wise in Nevada. I know that you and Bill worked together to handle the Nevada aspects of this trust, reviewing the trust, um, that was a subject of the prior, prior rulings and, again, on this ruling. Um, Steve, why are so many people using Nevada
2: for these trusts? Thanks, Bob. Uh, first of all, I want to commit on getting on getting these rulings uh, Uh, These are landmark rulings, and I hope that everybody's taking a really big notice at uh, what's been going on, especially with uh, the state income tax uh, brackets so high. So, you know, uh, kudos to uh, Bill, and thanks to Bill for even allowing me to be the Nevada attorney for that part of the review. Uh, The reason that a lot of these are, are being done under Nevada law is, number one, you need to use a Uh, jurisdiction that allows domestic asset protection trusts or self-settled asset protection trusts in order to avoid the trust from being treated as a grantor trust for income tax purposes because if it's open to the grantor's creditors, then it would be a grantor trust per the treasury regulations. So we have to use one of the so-called self-settled asset protection trust jurisdictions. Now, if you're going to use one of the jurisdictions, you might as well go to the leading jurisdiction, which is Nevada. Uh, because of its uh, short statute of limitations period and no exception creditors uh, that apply. So that's why we're seeing a lot of these go to uh, the state of Nevada. Uh, we are seeing some of the other states start to try to tweak their statutes to, tr- to try to uh, catch up to Nevada. One of the reasons... Uh, that was very important towards getting these rulings um, uh, that tells us that we should use a state like Nevada is. Nevada is one of the very few acts of protection trust jurisdictions that allows the settler to retain a lifetime power of appointment and that appointment of appointment was very important in all of these rulings uh, both today's ruling and the rulings from March of last year that Bill also got Uh, So the ability to retain a lifetime power of appointment for health education, maintenance, and support in a non-fiduciary capacity was one of the reasons that there was no gift tax in the transfer. So that's why we're seeing a lot of these uh, uh, trusts set up under the laws of Nevada. So, Steve, is it fair to say
0: that um, not every self-settled trust state is going to allow you to retain the right powers to avoid the incomplete gift, at least right now?
2: It's questionable. Under Bill's rulings, uh, the fact that you could retain that power of appointment during life for maintenance and maintenance and support in a non-fiduciary capacity, which would be allowed under Nevada, the other the other self-settled jurisdictions, was very important. That's not to say that you can't set this up in one of the other jurisdictions, but if you're going to to have... Closer to certainty that we would all love to have, you might as well follow the roadmap that uh, that bill has used in order to get to have the IRS uh, bless these types of trusts. Steve,
0: what are the basic requirements for for a person outside of Nevada to use Nevada law
2: for the Ning Trust? It, it's actually very simple. Uh, there's nothing scary about it. All you need to do is. Uh, use at least one Nevada-based trustee. That can either be a person, person who resides in Nevada or a trust company that that I mean, is in, the, it's in the Nevada uh, and is o- either organized under federal law or under uh, the laws of Nevada. And uh, the other option is you can use a bank. So that's very easy to add one of these options as a co-trustee or as a sole trustee if you're going to use more of a directed trust. And then in addition to that, you need to make sure that that Nevada-based trustee has powers that include maintaining records and preparing income tax returns for the trust. So you just put that language right from the statute into the trust agreement. And make sure that all or part of the administration of the trust is performed in the state of Nevada. So uh, that means have the, of the Nevada-based trustee either do an accounting each year, hold a bank account, or do something else to bless uh, at least some amount of the transactions, so that you can say that at least part of the of the business is being performed in the state of Nevada.
0: Bill, back to you for a final question. Um, do you have any other Ning Trust PLRs that you're working on currently?
1: Yes, we do, Bob. Uh, While well, we've done a bunch without PLRs because the filing fees, as well as, thank God, the legal fees are are, are material, um, there there are a couple in the pipeline now that are going to involve some new facets. These PLRs are granted the planning opportunities for the strategy will be substantially enhanced and expanded. I'd love to talk about what we've put in. Until we actually have the rulings from internal revenue, it would be inappropriate uh, to talk about it. But I'm hopeful that in the near future we'll be able to announce some of these exciting new developments.
0: And that's understandable. Um, I want to thank you both for joining us today. On behalf of Leinberg Information Services, This has been Bob Keebler interviewing Bill Limkin and Steve Oceans on a new private letter ruling addressing the tax aspects of a name.